Welcome, friends, to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben. It's episode 322, we believe. And I'm here with Adam. Hey! <laughs> it could be a different episode. Who knows? There's absolutely zero way to check, so it doesn't really matter. Should we open some beers? Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. I didn't pre-start like you did. Uh, yes. I, I mean, uh, there's such a small amount left in this one. I'll just neck it back. Um, I have a beer from Siren. Oh, it's the Sirens. <laughs> For those of you on the stream and eagle-eyed viewers on the YouTube. You noticed that Lucy joined us and then disappeared. Hmm. I might cut that part out. I remember. Um. Right. I have a beer from Siren. It's the Old Street Brewery. Uh. Lovely. Fat cat. Nice, nice fat cat. Yep. Uh. It's the sound of bliss. Hazy pale ale. Five point five percent. A vibrant, juicy pale ale brewed with our friends at Old Street Brewery. This. Beer is beautifully soft and features a dream hop contingent of Galaxy Nelson Citra in Idaho 7, delivering all the tropical aromas, ripe stone fruit flavors, and pithy bitterness we could ask for. I don't think I said that in the right intonation, but I didn't pre-read it because pre-readings for jumps. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so so Siren, Old Street Brewery, Sound of Bliss, Hazy Pale, which sounds great for the day we had here in Bristol, which was... Fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it was. It was really nice today. Um, which is a change from the last couple of days, which has been absolute showers and then a lovely mm. afternoon. Um, I'm also going for a, a, a pale ale. Um, my beers this week um, are from Sainsbury's because I haven't had a chance Ooh. to go anywhere. Uh, and we dropped in um, to go and pick up a few bits. So I'm like, oh, I better buy some beers. Um, the one I'm currently drinking, as I mentioned to Adel earlier, is Whetstone from Buxtonbury. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Not that, not that big on that one. Um, it's fine. It's fine for a 7.2% beer. Um, but I'm going to drink Hush, which is a pale ale from Unity. It's 5%. Uh, they say, shh, this beer contains UK hops. Juicy pale ale brewed in our house style, but with UK Chinook hops from Brookhouse hops in the Whirlpool. Followed by a hefty dry hop of Mosaic and Vic Secret. Uh, that is everything. There's loads of little bits on, loads of little logos and things. Uh, it looks like it was brewed about a month ago. Um, so yeah, the 14th of April. So, you know, reasonably fresh um, mm. for getting into Sainsbury's and being on the shelves. There weren't many of them left. Um, the the mm. craft beer section in the... Um, I mean, it's not really local to me at all, um, but the Sainsbury's that we went into as we'd passed it um, didn't have a huge selection in. Lots of space, not very many in there. Um, so people are obviously out and about buying their craft beers from supermarkets still. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. I should get this board and we'll come back to you for the Siren collaboration. Yeah. I mean, the flavor text did not lie. It is lovely tropical. Um, I would say it's, there's un underneath the tropical, which is like, think passion fruit, slight pineapple, mm. slight acidity. Um, there's also a sort of a ripened, almost stewed stone fruit. Just sort of keeping it, uh, bringing that uh, tropical sort of down, giving it a little more volume. Mm -hmm. But also nice and crisp smelling. I uh, almost want to say like a lemon zest uh, sort of, you know, that, that, yeah, crispiness. Yeah. Hmm. Ooh. 5.5%? Hmm. This could go down real quick. It's, uh... Not a lot ahead. I totally forgot. I was so keen to drink it. it. It's it is a hazy. It's um quite I would say orangey straw, mm -hmm. um which is a color as we all know, uh and um yeah so it it kind of feels mouthfeel wise like a four point five or a four like it's quite 
thin feeling, and I think that's just because the taste is quite zippy at the start, and then um, it has all these these sort of stronger um, tastes like the tropical, the uh, stone fruit. Those are coming through exactly as the tin said, but none of it's like really like wide. It's all quite thin in the sense, mm. so it feels like it could be a lighter beer, okay. and it's five point five, which is. 20% more than I think it is. I can do the maths. <laughs> um, it's really good. It's really refreshing. I, I'm really liking, yeah, those stone fruits sort of sitting underneath, um, giving it a really solid shell uh, of a taste for that the, um, that the more tropical tastes are sort of sitting on top of. And then it does, it does really taste, uh, it finishes with a bit of a, like, almost a citrus sweetness, mm -hmm. but also uh, that's like the long finish, but right at the tail end of the finish, you do get uh, the, uh, the, this like, oh, shoot, we were zesting this orange and dug a little too much in the peel. We're getting a, a, a bitterness um, from like a navel orange, so not too tart, but yeah, just like a, a, a bitterness that's, that sits just sort of right at the moment where most of the taste is withdrawing. You get this hit of bitter, and then it it finishes lightly sweet with this with this um bitterness sort of lingering. But as I've sat with it, um, the sweetness is sort of still reasonably new each sip. But that bitterness I'm getting a bit more used to. Um, mm -hmm. and it, so it just it really does feel like it's coming in as a wave, and then kind of slowly drawing out with the finish while the sweetness sort of sits the whole time so it feels like it's almost getting a bit sweeter over time but that's just because it's the sweetness is lasting a bit longer than the yes rest. Yeah. and again it's really light sweetness i'm not saying it's like um it's not like oh god it finishes sweet i'm just like there's this light sweetness that just sort of retains throughout hmm. the finish um i will say i was expecting it maybe to be a more of a like a huge hit of tropical but actually it's it's a nice I, I, which you know could go either way but it's nothing close to like a juice bomb or anything it's a nice okay. it's a nice solid beer that's like ah here's some tropical flavors here's some uh i said the nose had some stewed stone fruits i'd say the stewiness is just in that moment of the nose and then yeah it's just really well balanced and then like i said has this really interesting finish where it sort of trades off moments between this sort of stark peely pithy bitterness and and then this light sweetness to sort of offset it quite tasty nice i i know i know siren really well i don't know old Brewery, but based no. on this i would definitely go seek them out good good a no. solid start nice um what did i read on this hush from uh unity um dry hop with mosaic and vic secret i'm getting a lovely um like candy sweetness on the nose. Um, very fragrant as well. Kind of almost that, uh, like a little bit on the edge of sort of floral. Um, but definitely just that little bit of kind of candy, really. It's very, very sweet, which is nice in the nose. It, it poured, the, the head poured massively. Um, so I let it kind of yeah, it looks um, gorgeous. Let it settle. It's a lovely color, a little bit more orange um, to me than maybe it's it's going a little bit some lighter uh, on the screen. But lovely nose. Mm -mm. Okay. So that sweetness is is washed out completely in the flavor. Oh, really? There's barely any sweetness in that at all. Okay, maybe the um, the whetstone is. Pushing a little bit of that out. It was a very malty beer, very sweet, malty, sticky kind of beer. This is much lighter, a little thinner as well. And it has this kind of piney bitterness on the back end. But you can really get the. Um, oh. I was going to say you can really get the kind of the Vic secret in there, but actually it might just be the the Chinook kind of giving it that more earthy kind of bitter edge to it. So it is it is in sort of it is a pale ale, um, mm. and it's very very light in a lot of aspects. But actually, there's this nice cutting bitterness to it as well, which isn't too harsh. It's not too strong. It's 
actually really well balanced in its bitterness for a pale. You know, I love a bit of beer, um, but when you want something a little bit lighter, having that big hit of bitterness isn't great. This is really, really good in that sense. It's a bit of a shame that the sweetness is kind of washed out as much. You know, if I had, if it had started off with that and then gone into this bitterness, this would have been really good. Hmm. Interesting. That sounds quite tasty. Hmm. It it just kind of it almost starts off a little bit kind of flat. Maybe a little bit of orange in there. Maybe a little bit of mango as well, but quite weak. Very sort of um, you know, like orange or or, or you know, squash really. Um, like cordial drink rather than a juice, and even then very watered down, but it kind of almost redeems itself with this bitterness that, that that's just sort of lifts up and suddenly like, oh, where's this come from? Okay. Um, I mean, very, very easy to drink because it is like cordial with a bitterness to it. Um, a little bit of carbonation, but not much. Not enough to kind of push those fruity flavours kind of straight away. And again, it's not that kind of, you know, it's not crisp. Um, it's not like you're going to be sat in the garden on an afternoon and go, oh, oh this is very refreshing. It, it, It's just a little bit weak and a little bit flat to start mm. off with. And the bitterness does redeem it very slightly. But I just need something a little bit bigger. And it's only 5%, but just, just something that little bit bigger. Um, I'm finding this a lot with beers and i don't know whether it's just me but the lower abv beers just aren't quite hitting at the moment uh, and i had a bunch of alcohol free beers at the weekend as well mm. and oh that's quite low yeah that's incredibly low well they were 0.5 percent 0.5 0.5 i yeah. think one of them was 0.4 um i can't tell you which one i can't remember but i'm pretty sure one of them was 0.4 um but yeah out of all of them the um the Lucky Saint, which is a like a pilsner, um, mm -hmm. was the best because it tasted like a pilsner. I, you know, there was absolutely no difference for that one um, that I could kind of uh, find. But the other ones, which tried to be pales and IPAs and things, just didn't quite have that body to them. Didn't have that hit to them. Um, and this this feels very much like that, like a very weak beer. Um, but yeah, that bitterness just lifts it a little bit. Um, yeah, that's probably all I can say about it at the moment. I'll, I'll I'll keep drinking it and see if that changes as I'm chugging. Chugging, you but say? Who knows? Chugging. It'll be. It will be going back very quickly. I think. Um, but yeah. Hush! You can't see that because they light. Hush. Oh, it's a lovely cam. Yeah, I like the um, nice. tambourine. <laughs> almost Simpsons-esque hands as well not four-fingered but kind of just yeah yellow like in the way that they're kind of drawn um, yeah yellow and rounded mm -hmm. yeah there we go there are there are beers that we'll be enjoying for the next uh, 40 minutes half Ooh. an hour or so um, and we'll talk about some games for the episode uh, as our first episode of the week, we'll be talking about what we've been playing, I think, which, you know, there's a fair amount of between the two of us this week. I've got a couple of games to talk about. Adam, oh, I know you, you, did a, you did a first looks this week as well. Mm -hmm. um, where should we start? Did we? Well, but I did one last week and we didn't. Did we talk about the Remnant game? No. No, we yeah, had... Right, um, we had uh, Kimberly Craft Bipping Up on as our guest, and yeah. we didn't get into kind of what we'd been playing too much. So yeah, and be, uh, yeah. start with that. What, what was that one? Remnants? Uh, Remnants of the Rift. Ah. Uh, oh, this was the preview. Yeah, okay, so yeah. they, yeah, it, it, um, it's definitely, I think it just came out in early access last Thursday mm -hmm. when I streamed it. Um, I'm, I'm cheekily going to because I'm a professional, I already clearly have. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I don't have the... Ah, it's not on Steam. It's that. It's that. It was a demo that they emailed uh, yes. Google Drive. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which means I don't have the uh, patter uh, about. But basically, it's a really neat art style worth looking up. Um, Kind of somewhere between... It's almost like... 
some cell shading and some like Dexter's Lab style animation with like harsher angles and single and like what like not complex color palettes. Um, but you are essentially some sort of weird bounty hunter in a world where there was a cataclysm and weird things happened, and there's like underneath the world is this weird as uh, a is a series of level uh, basically. Uh, a, a weird dimension, and as you descend, you inter interact with more and more of these weird beasts, and they've changed the life of humanity. But mm -hmm. you're like a bounty hunter, and you start off, and you're just running a mission, and then you, the guy who gives you the ability to go enter the rift, basically, uh, and then you've got a couple friends, and then you turns there's another faction. Uh, it doesn't really matter so much, I guess, the plot. At this stage is just like oh you are running missions and trying to gain favor and basically what that means is you it's like a roguelike mm -hmm. um with a procedurally generated grid levels which are about i would say 15 by 15 squares okay roughly <laughs> uh and um and you have to you have a little modulator which has like three or four lives or hit hit points and you have to go as far down as you can get before your modulator breaks right okay and you're gonna be um you're gonna be gaining sort of uh in run currency that you can then you'll sometimes like so you finish a level so a level i'll explain the combat later but basically you kill all the things you go down a level and it says do you want to get like, you go on a, you have two choices. You go for a mod or some money. Uh, and then sometimes it'll take you to a shop. And the shop will be um, these two ladies who are clearly part of the plot. And they will take the money and you can buy, like, re-up your health in your modulator if it got hit. Or um, you could get uh, sort of a perk for one of your weapons or actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can also spend the mods at the like uh, to upgrade things like your gun. Um, and so as you and then crucially, you can also trade your in-game currency for or your in-run currency for the game currency that sort of sits above it. And that lets you upgrade permanently upgrade um, stuff because cool. the run upgrades don't last. So a simple couple of loops, right? And you're just trying to last as long as you can. And then obviously one of the first things you do is... So you start with like a gun and a dash move. And so it's like a... It's like... It's like if Final Fantasy Tactics didn't... Only paused when you had to choose what you... Um, what move you're going to use. Okay. So it's a tactical game. Sort of SRPG style. Except everyone basically has a frame around... The frame around the tile they're on it sort of fills up. So it goes left, right, look, left, up, right, down, right? Mm -hmm. And that tells you when they're going to do a move. And it'll even have a flashing yellow arrow if they're going to move that way or attack that way. So, you know, right. you have information of what they're going to do. Um, and you can, during that time, you can, you know, use your D-pad uh, to shift around uh, and then hit them while they're waiting. And then, you, meanwhile, your um, moves are on their own timers and they are sort of at the top left of your HUD. Um, so. You can tell how many hit points things are have, so you can sword attack, dash through, then shoot it with your gun. It has three hit points, it's dead before it did anything, or you could do a couple things, and then you have to kind of kite it around, and then all the enemies sort of tend to gravitate towards the modulator thing that you mm -hmm. need to protect. Really seems simple, but it's really nice, and like, you start out with only a couple of weapons, and it's quite simple, and then you clearly get to a point where the devs are like, you can't get past here because oh, suddenly really? a whole bunch of new enemies come and you're like, I can't kill these things, but you lose your run and then you go back. So it's a, it was about, they said the demo should take you about two to three hours and I finished it pretty much at the two hour, two hour, five minute mark on mm -hmm. my stream. Um, and it was like, yep, two hours. Cool. And there was a whole bunch of stuff I could have, I could have kept running to like upgrade. I didn't obviously get all the upgrades that were available, but I did yep. get all the moves. So one of the, like the one of them is like a dash. So it's you move three squares in, in any direction, 
and and you do a damage to anything in the middle too, basically. Yep. Actually, it might be three, and then you can get a perk that shortens that or lengthens that. I can't remember. It's been a couple of weeks, but basically, but you can't. It it you can only dash where your end space is free, mm-hmm. so it can hurt two things, two enemies in a row if you plan it right. Otherwise, you're. It can also make help you just get closer to an enemy because it's quicker than running. So sometimes you're using it as just a dash because you want to... That guy is about to start hitting the modulator. That's no good. The modulator can get upgraded with things like a shield. Right. Which regenerates only every 30 seconds. So basically, if you mess up, as long as you only mess up partially, you won't lose permanent lives on the on the thing. Mm-hmm. But it's just... It was really fun. A nice... Uh, I think the VOD should go up... Should be up by the time... Oh, wait. No, it'll be up on the weekend, basically, cool. I think. Um, and uh, it's worth taking a look at. It was a really fun game. I'm really curious how far it'll go and, like, the different types of enemies. Because mm-hmm. uh, it was, um, yeah, you know, you had guys with a whole bunch of health bars, guys who, again, what I like is it telegraphs all the information. So it's like, this guy is revving up, and suddenly all nine squares, like, so the grid around him and... and uh, Right, the grid, basically, a grid around him, three by three, is now highlighted, and you know he's going to do a swipe attack to all of that. But you also know, based on his square, when he's going to do it. So right. you can tempt fate, come in, punch him, shoot him, and then, like, withdraw, shoot him. And if you mistime it, oh, you're going to get beat up. Um, but also, when you get beat up, you just kind of phase out. Mm-hmm. So it'll reset you to your starting position, but you'll be like... Basically, like there'll be like a blue, a red, and a white silhouette of you, of your character, sort of mid-jump, and they slowly come back together. And so you just have to watch as the rest of the game state progresses, and you're like, come on, come on. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was tons of fun. Um, I, I really dig it. Uh, there's a couple things, like it's, if you were a grid run by a D-pad or a joystick, how would you orient the grid? If you uh, answered yeah. X and Y axis the same on the screen, you'd be wrong. It's on a diagonal. It's almost isometric. Yeah. Yeah, but like because but you're you're still moving left, right, up, down. Yeah, so it's down left and then left is Well, so it says right at the beginning, pick your your movement scheme oh, and it's and nice. it's like either Left is down or left is left or whatever you want yep. to say. Like it, yep. it's it's the two different ways of interpreting the diamond, basically. Mm-hmm. Um I really struggled with it, but also I went really? in the menu, it was like I can't check like I picked at the beginning. I picked the one I because it gives you a little like, do you want to do this? And I was like, I don't know, this seems fine. But I was using the the analog stick and then uh and then I I was struggling with like consistently aiming in the wrong direction okay. or, or moving mostly it was moving because with aiming it like telegraphs your move in the same way right it shows three little like with your gun your gun has a range of three so it'll show the three dots and spaces in front of you it'll look, do a dashed line signifying your gun will reach this far mm-hmm. or if it's the dash it'll be the square out this outline of the tiles for three or four spots you know nice and simple really well like telegraphed but then so it's easy to see, oh, I've done the wrong thing, but if I'm trying to quickly dodge to the left of the thing and then I run into it or, like, run the wrong way, it's like, ah. But then I went in the menu and it was like, no, I guess I got to choose this right at the beginning. Nevermore. I assume that's just because it's a super alpha build, right? Like, it's sure. it's a demo coming at alpha. I think they're aiming for early access, or they might be there now, actually. Um, so on Steam, you can download a demo. I'm probably a a cleaner build of what I played. I mean, it's pro- probably the same one, I mm. would think. Uh, but it's currently in Kickstarter. Um, oh, that's what I was like. What is it? It's yeah. not early access. It's Kickstarter. It's Kickstarter right. launched into Kickstarter uh, a week ago, around the third of May. Yeah, um, that's when I played it. Yeah. I played it day one of Kickstarter. Yeah. So, um, you, but uh, again, yeah, you can play a demo over on Steam yeah. if you like. I, I really like the. The art style to it, uh, isn't it cool? Yeah, it's. Did you yeah. see how it was kind of? It's kind of hard to describe, but it is very hard to describe. Yes, yes. I think it's one of those where, like, the closest amalgam in play style is like Transistor, but yeah, 
art style wise, it's a little bit more um, like cartoony, a little bit more pop than that. Yeah, but also, well, that's what I was saying. Like Dexter's Lab or Samurai Jack, like it's got the yes, like sort of yes. like exaggerated features mm-hmm. um, and simple color palette. Yes, those those kind of like nice thick black lines, uh, like outlines and things like that. Yeah, and on Steam there is a. Um, an image of a like a room, like it looks like a, a a lounge or the front entrance to a flat or something like that. Yeah, it's that's very your kind home of base. sixties, almost fifties, really. With some I think of the that's why I was thinking of Dexter's Lab as well yeah, because it's just yeah. got that like de- post deco, but like yes. mod. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that looks very cool. I'm going to download this demo. Yeah. Then, oh uh, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that yeah. the demo's up because it's. Like I said, it was a lot of fun, and there's no reason not to at least run the demo because um, it's short and sweet. Like, mm. uh, and and also I I can't I really like this sort of approach to you are doing your FF tactics thing, but also mm-hmm. it's it reminds me of like the uh, oh FF sevens version of. What is that thing called? So in a, all the Final Fantasy before seven were like strict. It's your choice. Game pauses. Um, and then we had like the active time battles ATB mm-hmm. in FF seven, where it's like you have to like hammer on your buttons because things are still happening. Mm-hmm. And that was like some people really hated it, but that was a really interesting way of having game choice pressure without changing the system a lot. And this feels like a that sort of thing but obviously so what i forgot to neglected to mention was um when you are picking your moves so you basically hit a button saying move and then you can hit your lbrb to like move between the moves that you have available and then you hit a or something to use the move um because that's when the game the game kind of pauses so you're not like you're never in a situation where you're like ah oh, i didn't get to it's not like i'm trying to like FF15, right? I'm not like, I have to know my, my buttons. I'm not, I'm not, they're not layering on. You're not changing combos and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Or just like being quick at things. Yep. You can be like, I am here. I need to use a move. I hit the button. I can also just take a break for a second and plan mm. the rest of things. It's just when I'm moving around the world, the world is not paused. And I really like that balance. And I think that that's the strength of the, of the game so far is it that. The combat system is really well balanced with this notion of planning, but not for too long, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, and it, it. I mean, I guess you could just like go like sort of proto pause it a bunch if you wanted, but like it really encourages the active planning, but without having to actively be the best at pulling it off. Sure. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Uh, um, I like that. Maybe it's a little bit forgiving in that sort of sense as well uh, um it also reminds me very much of um things like the banner saga at least in the idea of it being this kind of grid based um isometric yeah. kind of battlefield and you're i mean that, i always go to ft to get, but it's yeah. probably a, a better more recent example <laughs> yeah you're trying to you know be a little bit more kind of tactical in what you're doing but also uh, um i think a, a recent game which does a similar thing slightly different in terms of how you pick stuff which you played which was uh fights in tight spaces oh um which yeah. again it's kind of it's not quite grid based i mean it is it is grid based but it's not a an equilateral grid if you know yeah because it's, it's based it's on rooms based within a room yes and yes. and a lot more of the moves can be change where you end up well, yes. like except except at least thus far, except for the dash, it's you are controlling where you are, mm. and you face away and do a move. Like, the dash is the one exception, but like it's tight, uh, fights in tight spaces is definitely kind of much more of a bounce around mm-hmm. game as well. Like you're trying to chain your moves based on the cards you have to, uh, yeah, to to get around. So you you might use a suboptimal hit because it gets you from point a to point b yeah but doesn't really hurt the guy you kind of wish you could hit with the next move but because then you can kill the next guy well you would just you wouldn't have to worry about that the one thing that like basically 
the way you lose on this game is by not, uh, um, by suboptimally planning, uh, and you, the, the enemy that's closest to your modulator starting to hit it. Mm -hmm. So what I like is you're like, that guy's the most health. He's a pain. His type is a pain to kill. I'm going to go start with him. But then like these two, you know, two or three little guys come in, you have to switch your tactics because they've made a beeline for the modulator. And then later in the very end of the demo, um, there's a level where you're like, I have two modulators. Oh, which which share a health pool. <laughs> and like, oh. It, it, again, it's one of those games that um, uh, almost epitomizes like the old basketball saying, the best the best uh, defense is a good offense. Yeah. Um, it very much feels like you are not quite on, not on the back foot, but you, you're constantly having to think about your modulator and, and where you're positioned and how you react, kind of that, but in a very aggressive I, kind yeah. of way. And I think that's that. That's why, even though you could technically just pause it and like, all right, I've, I'm in. I'm going to use this. I'll, I'm entering the move menu. Okay, so the optimal thing would be do this, this, this. These have this. These many second timers. Blah blah blah. I yeah. Like you could do that, but the game just like the the pacing of the game really doesn't encourages you to just kind of go and like a few times. Like I, even after two hours, I was still like only minorly aware of which moves would run out like like i mean like yeah. my subconsciously i was like ah this move will come back quicker but re i wasn't thinking i wasn't being so strategic that i was like it was more of i have these moves up now and so i can sword slash is right beside the guy i can sword slash this guy turn around and shoot that guy and then i'll figure out what to do next mm -hmm. like it wasn't like i was like Oh, but actually, I should shoot that guy and sword slash him because the sword slash comes back in three seconds and I could just walk over to the second guy and then slash him or whatever, right? Like, it didn't really, um, I didn't seem, feel the need to suddenly try and, like, think of all of the variables, like yes. how long it, it takes. And I think that that's good. And if it gets to a point where you need to, that's fine so long as it builds you up that way because. The way it's built right now is really good for, um, for encouraging that sort of more off the cuff type, um, yes. sort of, not frenetic but like, real time play, which is mm -hmm. what the 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 sort of mechanic is built around. Yeah. Cool. Nice. I'm gonna let the cat out because he's been yelling. Oh. I hear you. <gasps> it's time for him to leave. He's had enough of our old shit for the day. Obviously, as as cats are. So, um, I might jump in. Yeah, please do. Um, I mean, we don't have a set topic for episode two, so we could just talk games for both. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've I, so I um have. A couple of games which I've um, delved into a reasonable amount. Um, I might push the, again, the Door for Romantic um, chat, which we were going to have like two weeks ago, um, because Lucy got a code. I'd previously got a code for it. Um, I recall, I, yeah. um, when Lucy got the code, it's one of those, hey, here's like an early build, but if you put in the code on Steam, here's like the press build for it. And I'm like... Wonder if I put the press code into my Steam, it'll work as well. And it did. Like, yeah, that is how the beta so, codes work. Yes. Yeah, so I which is fine because they gave you a code yeah, absolutely, specifically absolutely. to preview. Um, yeah. And uh, or b before Lucy and I get into a bigger conversation about Dorfromantic, um, you can go back to a previous episode where I talked about kind of like initial impressions about the yeah, like early access. Uh, version it might not even be early access. Uh, is it? Maybe. Who knows? But it's come out. It's like it's like fully released now, um, and I really like it. It's one of those games where you can just be like, I will just lose twenty minutes to this, um, and uh, essentially you're just laying down um, hexagonal tiles, um, which have different things on different edges. So you might have a building. You might have the woods. 
you might have a farm, uh, you might have a river that runs through the tile, and you're basically creating a landscape and trying to tie in tiles to each other. And there's little quests which might say, right, we want you to link 25 houses or 15 farm tiles or farm spaces uh, and things like that. And you're trying to create a puzzle almost to keep linking all of these things and, and getting more tiles to your set so you can keep going, keep going, keep going. And, and they're hexes, right? Yes, the hexagonal, yes. Um, I think I'm up to about my highest score. I must have had this for a, a year probably now. Uh, my highest score is about 19,000, I think. I seem to have hit a plateau of that is roughly where I hit almost every time now, like 17, 18, 19,000, oh, around about that kind of thing. And there's something in my mind that has only just recently switched where I'm like, oh, I need my houses, place that tile here. I need my houses, place that tile here. I need more farms, place that tile here. Actually, I'm finding that as I'm building through, that a tile will pop up and like, Rather than just adding onto the house, actually, that one's much better placed here because uh, this edge matches, this edge matches, and this edge matches. So it's that, like trying to preempt the next sort of. Yes, yeah. And I'd be really interested to know whether the game gives you a set, you know, if it gives you 50 tiles, whether it gives you a set 50 tiles, or whether mm. that adapts on the fly based on what you have put together. So suddenly a tile will be like, well, one edge is a, a, a forest, one edge is a town, and the rest are completely blank. And you know that actually up here, you've got a forest tile next to a little town, and you can just link that one. That will then make the two tiles you've linked it next to uh, perfect, which means that every edge is matched perfectly. And that also hmm. gives you more tiles. And so there's, there's lots of different little bits of play around uh, Dorf Romantic, and I really, really like it. As I say, you can just lose 20 minutes and they'll be like, oh, I better start working again. <laughs> <laughs> just just uh, wanted to relax for five minutes. Oh, no. Great. Get back to work. It, it vaguely reminds me of... Oh, what was that? There was this game from like two years ago I did on First Looks. It was called like Hex... Oh, I yes, remember his the, name. The, the, it, a, a similar kind of thing where you're building out that kind of like landscape, yes. Except it was... You had quests in that ready one, for, right? Yeah, it was Hexia, mm. uh, and it was not ready for prime time in the sense that it it didn't have that depth. And um, I recall it was less sort of. I like this idea of like the quests are like chaining and matching and very puzzly, mm -hmm. which makes sense because it's like a tabletop. It looks you know like a puzzle. Um, but in Hexia, if I recall, it was like manage your kingdom stuff, and it just it had like events pop up every so often that would like be oh your kingdom blah, and it just had like some severe, um, just dead game state. Like oh it's over now, sorry you lose, yeah. and you're like uh, okay, but I don't still don't know why. Oh cool, three times in a row. I yeah I recall. I think that might there might be a VOD on on our channel, um, out of lives YouTube slash uh, YouTube dot com slash out of lives network, um, but it was not great, uh, and this seems the opposite of that. It, it it seems really interesting, and like I said, I think a lot of it has to do with leaning into what makes these gameplays and this design mm. unique and interesting, right? Rather yeah. than these are tiles, but they're towards some other gameplay purpose, like balancing villages versus um, potential bad guys who don't show up on the map, etc. Right, like like things that are happening in the background that you don't really see via the map because they're not directly related to what what you're observing. Mm, which I think yes, was my biggest yes. problem with Hexia. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think even though on Steam. It says um, the developer, the publisher is Tucana Interactive, but it says developer Tucana Interactive, which I, which isn't right. I mm. and again, you'll probably pick up um, from the aesthetic. I'm pretty sure that uh, Dorf Romantic is uh, made or was developed by not a single person. But it started off as kind of like a um, 
uh, just like an idea. Um, from oh, is it? I might be getting mixed up. I'm trying to find, trying to find some information on it. Um, Wikipedia says Dwarf Romantic was developed by four German students studying at HTW Berlin. Um, it lists their names: Luca Langberg, uh, Sandro uh, Huberg, uh, Zwei Zwausch, and Timo Falk. Uh, the four founded an independent studio named Oh Tucana Interactive. Tucana, okay. yeah, oh, I was yeah. say. Cool. So they made it. Okay, brilliant. Um, I'm thinking about something else. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, yeah. it's it seems really cool. It is very cool. I, 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 I'm going back to it almost daily. Not quite. Really? Okay. I was about daily. to ask, like, how, how often are you going back versus, like, and how much of that is? Oh, well, we were, co- you know, coverage reasons. But it sounds like you're well past coverage reasons. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and, and and you know, it's built now out to the full version. So there is the the version that I'm talking about where um you have a set amount of tiles and you're kind of playing through but there's also things like creative mode where you can just keep playing um and uh, a few other kind of uh modes in there or, or you can also kind of like um unlock biomes as well based upon the quests that you kind of do um and you can then just basically be like right i'm going to turn off all but one biome and uh, and just build out a map which is just this one aesthetic as well hmm. so they've they've fleshed it out quite nicely too um over the over the year um and that came out again only like two weeks ago as the full version on the 28th of yeah April. i was gonna say it's quite quite yeah quote unquote new mm. right uh but yeah i've really been enjoying that um and yeah it's it's kind of very relaxing i think that's one of the things about it it is a bit of a puzzle game it's it's not a city builder, but it is definitely a an environment kind of builder where you're trying to link all of these spaces. And as I said, it's a bit more of a puzzle game than than that, but in a very relaxing way. There's no rush to it. The music is very chilled, very serene. Yeah, I guess that, I think that, that sort of hits on what made me like, what frustrated me with Hexia was that there were like, definite failed game states etc and this mm. seems like so how do you so you're saying there's these quests but how do you stop winning like what what is the like so you have a state? you have a set amount of tiles ah, so when you start the game okay. uh, i don't know how many it is you might have about 50 tiles and mm. you just basically lay them down and every time you either make a perfect you surround one tile perfectly so you've matched a forest to a forest and a town to a town and those kinds of things. You've matched it perfectly and it will then give you extra tiles. And I think a perfect tile gives you one tile. But then you do quests. So mm. you might get one tile and it will be three houses on said tile and say, well, I want you to match 22 houses together. So then you have to link 22 of those houses or 22 farmland or... 350 trees oh wow if if one tile has like three edges covered in trees individually it's probably got about 30 trees on it or something like that you know so you're trying to link a lot of these things together and by then doing that you'll get a little flag that pops up and says yeah you've linked 300 trees together cool Mm. and that gives you a bunch of tiles and quite cleverly the game also gives you a bunch of tiles if you close that off. So if suddenly, if you've got like, you know, your forest is down here and it's open on like three edges. If you close off those three edges, that flag will disappear because you can't add to that forest anymore. So you've completed the quest, but you've also closed it off as well. So that right. then I gives see. you more tiles. But it, adds a level of difficulty because suddenly you'll get a forest tile that will say uh, we want 1000 trees to be linked together like well right i've just closed off the 800 that i had so now i've just right. got to start again so it, it kind of presents a bit of difficulty for you but again 
in a very chilled kind of way. Never in a, you must get 1,000 trees. It's just, here, do this if you want to. Otherwise, just link tiles Keep together it. and don't worry about oh. it. So yeah, That sounds great. It's a very relaxing time, which is why it's so easy to lose 20 minutes to it. Um, it it's it's a game that I've kind of been working and gone. I'll just I'll just play. I just need to clear my head a little bit. I've been looking at what I've been looking at for the last couple of hours. I need to just kind of be somewhere else. I'll go and make a coffee, come back, and I'll be like, right, five minutes of this. And as I say, suddenly twenty minutes have gone. And you're like, oh, I've started a new run. I'll stop now. Uh, you know, that's that's my like, cut off point. Like, right. Yeah, I've done enough. Uh, I failed this, uh, not failed, but I've got a score of like 17,000 or something. I will now do some more work for a little bit. And I won't come back to it today I, because I know I'll just lose another 20 minutes. I'll come back to it tomorrow, maybe, and start another run. And that one might take me, you know, a, a few days to um, to kind of get through. But yeah, it's 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 really good. Um, I think it's one that, because I like a city builder. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of um, systems and linking stuff together. It doesn't go any like as deep as it's like uh, um, city skylines. You know, it's it's not that kind of game, right? But it just scratches that same kind of itch enough. But it's also yeah, it's also scratching the puzzle game itch enough, and it's also scratching the this is a very chilled experience itch enough that right. you will. Keep going. <laughs> well, that sounds I great. Do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, let's do our viewers a service and say that it is currently ten ninety nine on the Steam Store. Nice. That's ten point nine nine English quidlets. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, uh, we're we're rounding out the hour pretty swiftly on yeah. a couple of games. Do we do a little review roundup, potentially? Oh, review roundup was, on what, Dwarf Romantique? going to into Dwarf Romantique, but it's all, it's all just thumbs up. It's all recommended. Oh, no, I'll find you some. There's Over- 411 negative reviews, motherfucker. Yeah, overwhelmingly positive, 14,000. Yeah. Uh, 153 versus 411. Oh, this is... So this is Blair on the second of twelfth of May, one point three hours. Not bad, but there isn't just isn't much here. If you're looking for something to simultaneously engage and disengage your mind, this might work for you. That's a negative review. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it, I thought it was interesting because it's kind of exactly what you were saying in the sense of it scratching some itches, but it's not like throwing you through the paces. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then Truck Fist spent five hours uh, on it. Truck so it feels Fist. more like a yeah, feels more like a demo than a game. It's a fun little sandbox. Just don't expect any payoff or satisfaction. The treadmill vibe kind of undermines its chill nature. Hmm. On a early access review, um, but basically it seems like people are complaining that it's not a building sim. Um, not diverse enough to be a city builder, mm-hmm. not challenging or complicated enough to be a puzzle game, not enough content, not enough content. That's basically what people don't like. No content, insanely repetitive. I'm not going to read these people's names. They, but, um, so one, sure. Yep. Might not be for you guys. That's cool. Um, for you, Ben, you've played many hours. What do you say to not enough content? Can you? Uh, I've, I've, yeah, I've played nearly fifty-five hours. Mm, that is more than four point nine. Um, I've done the math. I mean, what, what? Go and play a city builder. Yeah, like, I mean, I just wondered if you. It's, it's, it's not. I don't think. I think people are mistaking a lack of content for a lack of depth, perhaps. Uh, one another review that uh, um, I just saw basically said nothing happens. I was expecting the game to um, like if I made a rail link between little hamlets that there'd be an economy between them. Like, well, that's a fucking com- you know that's a completely different kind of game. 
Um, yeah, that's you know that, at that, no point but, in but, my mild perusal of this and your description did I think that, that there was going to be separate and then combined economies. Yes, yes. I mean, th- there's a potential that stuff like that could be built on top of this. But I don't think that was ever the idea from the outset. I mean, it, potentially it could have been. It may be very difficult to do, and they've decided to cut that back. But, you know, the the, the idea that, that, that people are like, well, this game doesn't do this, and I want it to do this. It's like, well, the, that's not the game, motherfucker. Yeah, I was just curious like, uh, on the... Like, is it that there are three or four things that are quite repetitive? like quest types and stuff which is not a problem it's just like okay that's mm. the depth of the game it, it, i'm just trying to figure out where these complaints are coming from like some of this is just like i wanted a different game type yes of game. yes but could you f- see where people might be thinking uh i like this style of game but i wish there was just more types of things no, or I, is that I, just I could, yeah i can absolutely see that you know but like but, yeah but, but that will always exist almost with every game that's kind of almost ever made, if it is a smaller indie game, which only has a certain budget and has to have a workable scope, that people will always turn around and go, oh, but if it just had this. And that, that will always exist, right? Unless we get into like, uh, well, even then, I was going to say, even on bigger budget games, you get to like Hitman. People are like, oh, but only if I could do this. And the yeah, Hitman yeah, devs I just... are very much like, well, yeah, we will try and, you know, yeah, that makes sense. We will try and see what we can do to kind of facilitate that and see if that could be in the next game or something like this. Um, uh, whereas with this, I think it's not that there's a lack of content. It is a game which does something, and that is it. Right. And if you enjoy it, then you're going to spend 50-odd hours playing it and, and you know placing tiles in spaces and wanting that little bit of a puzzle kind of hit. If you don't, like that puzzly side of things, um, then you're cool. probably gonna be going back to you know action game number one instead of um, instead of playing this. So I, I mean, I, it's not an unfounded um, comment because it is limited in its content. Yeah, I just, I guess, what I was thinking was like so. Did you get a sense in your many hours of playing that, like, there wasn't enough variety in, like, quest types or tile types, or given the type of itch it's scratching, you felt like that's just a non... Like, obviously, like, there's the generic, I want this game to be more because I like more, but I was just curious whether you sort of felt that repetitiveness, but was just like, ah, I'm okay because I'm doing the thing and it's scratching the itch. I'm not sure I ever felt the repetitiveness. I think cool. I very much be- again because the the turnover on games is quite quick unless you're getting you know and as I said I'm hitting like 18 19,000 points and I don't know how people you know suddenly if people are getting up to like 50,000 points and they're playing and playing and playing and playing and playing on the same kind of map and expanding and uh, and stuff and then suddenly they're like well all I've done is just make like stuff and maybe I can see that if you're kind of good enough that you've just completed it uh, in a sense then sure you might feel a little bit frustrated but I think for me I never got to that point and it was always a oh I, I, I've run out of tiles cool I'll start again um, I've you know I got this puzzle to that many points I will see if I can beat that score and how I can do that because again it ne- nothing is ever that you know the placement of tiles I know the same. You never. You're not presented with the same tile set when you start again. You're 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 presented with a different tile set. So you're always building different things every time. And, you know, it's still town, yeah. forest, rivers, trains, farms. You know, it doesn't deviate from that. Um, right, but there's. It's not like there's three things or whatever. Like it's not like there's like two things and you're just. Happy, like, you personally are happy to chain 12 of the one and then 500 of the other and then 12 yep. of the one again yeah, or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There is variety from your point of view. Yes. Yeah. Uh, good. Uh, hopefully, Lucy, uh, next week we'll have some further comments on Dwarf Romantic. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll kick off perhaps uh, the episode next week with Lucy's comments on that too, um, just to see what she thinks. I don't know how many hours she's put in, if, if any yet. 
Um, so we will return to Dwarf Romantic uh, from Two Carnal Interactive next week. Let's finish off this episode. Sounds good. With our beers. Yeah. Um, Adel, the Siren and the Old Street Brewery. Old Street Brewery? Correct. Old yeah. Street, yeah. OSB, not com- to be confused with OBS, which is what you're using. Yes. Um, it's really or good. Uh, oriented think- Strand Board, which I also use quite a lot. Is that an architecty thing? <laughs> yeah, it's a building material, yeah. Ah. I. Nope, I got nothing. OSB <laughs> is just not a thing we do in philosophy or logic. Or photography? Um. What was I saying? I like this beer. I am. Um, the. Um. The bitterness sort of settled out in a nice way. I think halfway through the podcast was probably my favorite point where the lingering bitterness um, was less pithy and I was getting a little more out of it. And the um, stone fruit were was sort of still kind of fresh versus by the end of the, the oh, 440 mil can, some of the stone fruit tastes just because of mm. sheer exposure to my palate kind of faded away. Mm-hmm. But there was this lovely um, handoff between, ah, oh, yes, that bitter is still there. It's less harsh. Um, so I think the tins is something pithy, right? It's just it's it's like ah yes, there's that bitterness. It's really bringing this whole um taste curve together. This um, and we're having the the stone fruit really really coming in its own. Um, and not not to say that the last third of, or whatever of of the drink was good, but I think that was just such a good moment, like to the point where I, I almost interrupted our chat to be like, fuck, this beer is really, really good right now. Um, <laughs> and as we got through and I had these last few sips, I was like, oh, that thing that I wanted to talk about isn't quite there anymore, which is mm. fine, right? Uh, also, I had this 440 mil over uh, basically almost an hour. So I think if you like got acclimatized to this and then like, like at the pub or, you know, whatever, and then sort of didn't sort of nurse it because you were talking bollocks about video games uh you you wouldn't hit the you wouldn't you would maybe have a few sips of this sort of oh that hate like things have have gotten too used to it i think you could easily sort of not rush but like have a better pacing through it and it was really quite quite excellent at that moment Mm -hmm. so uh, it kind of surprised me because i really liked it and then it was like oh man this is great nice yeah um for me the uh the hush was good in that it maintained its uh, full flavor throughout. You know, it didn't didn't actually, even though it was a bit of a weaker beer to start with, it didn't fade much uh, throughout the can. Um, the the kind of the orange was maybe a little bit more pineapple-y, so actually it's maybe a little bit more pineapple and mango kind of combination in there, which felt like it should be that little bit a little bit stronger. And my comments at the start uh, have held through. Um, through the entire beer, so a little bit weak in its sort of initial um, initial mouthfeel and the initial flavour coming through, but that bitterness was solid, uh, um, lifted it just that little bit more and was uh, um, lasting throughout as well, which was great. It, you know, that bitterness hasn't faded very much. You know, I take a sip and it's like, mm, oh, there it is, cool, great. Um, and it's, you know, gone back very very well very very quickly as i say if it had been maybe a little bit more juicy or had gone kind of like the opposite way and it was maybe a little bit more carbonated and whilst the flavors were a little bit more light it was a little bit more refreshing i think that would have just made it a touch better for me um you know being like a mid-afternoon beer very refreshing sat in the garden kind of thing or just being a little bit more full of flavor um or both of those things together would have been excellent, uh, but it's nice. It's a it's a reasonable beer for a for supermarket fare, let's say. Um, so yeah, that's Hush from Unity, which is available in all. I, I'm not going to say all Sainsburys. I don't know if that's true. Available in yeah. uh, the Sainsburys that I went in. So there you go. I mean, so at, at the very least, it'll probably be in like. Uh, like- Bristol and most, I would suspect, a big chart. I would, the I would think most bigger Sainsbury stores um, in the southwest. Uh, Unity is Southampton, yeah. So yeah. you know, and South- like, yeah, 
very Southampton is like almost as central in the country as you can possibly be, yeah, and as far south as you can possibly be, whilst maintaining that central sort of line. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know how Sainsbury's do. Yeah, because uh, I know years, Morrison's so. made a point of saying that they would be little islands, right? Of like. Our craft brews will be locally sourced, so you'll get a different thing. That's what they claimed they, they when they first have, did it. They might have said that, but that's definitely not true. Um, they so the fish ponds Morrison's here in Bristol um, carry independence from mm. Bristol Beer Factory. Yep, um, that is, I think, the only local beer they carry. Everything else is mm. like Yorkshire, but in, and Morrison's is like a Yorkshire yeah, yeah, company, yeah. right? So it is Northern Monk, and you know a lot of Northern Monk, and obviously Brewdog, um, and a bunch of other um, kind of breweries that you're seeing more in that larger volume in the in the supermarkets. Uh, a bit of North as well, um, and a couple of others. So. Um, yeah, they don't really do that local thing. Co-op's the best. Or at least some co-op stores are really good for that and will carry a local line, even though they've only got like six beers in. Uh, and the the co-op down the road from me is one of the stores that just doesn't do that. Right. So it is just like uh, Vocation and Brewdog and Wheat Beer Number 1 and a couple of other you know, beers in there. Um, and Sainsbury seem to be doing a... Now, every time I go in, there's some different beers in, so they seem to be rotating through beers quite swiftly. So there's uh-huh. almost something new every time I go in, but I'm only going in maybe every six months. Ah, well, so, that might be not a good barometer for cycling yeah, often. Yeah. But, so, but at least it's not the same... Beers, all like it's not like they just have these standing contracts, is what you're saying. Yeah, completely. It's not the same beer. You know, even even every six months. Okay, a, a beer probably has, um, you know, a shelf life of of six months. Lots lots of beers put six months on their shelf life. So suddenly yeah. it goes in, and six months later they're like, right, get rid of all of those. Anything we haven't sold is just gone, and we're getting a bunch of new beers instead. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I think that's us then for episode three hundred and twenty. Yeah. Two, thank you. Um, if you'd like to get a hold of us, we are Tanked Up Cast on the socials. If you're on Twitch, and you should be, come and join us on our new recording day, a Thursday. I say new, historic recording day was a Thursday. We've then switched to a Tuesday. We then went to a Wednesday. We're back to Thursdays now because, of course, we, we you know just roll through the week, try every different day. Uh, but come and join us over on Twitch on a Thursday evening where we record two episodes, and those of you here will hopefully stick around with us. We'll launch <laughs> straight into the next episode. If you want to get hold of us each individually, you can get me at Nova underscore 47 and Adelat. The Omniarch. Uh, come and join us and hit one of us up if you want to chat to us on the daily in our Discord as well, which is kind of like where we live on the internet, really. Um, yeah. You can also catch some of our previous guests who've all jo- joined us. The more beery ones tend to hang out and hashtag beer, surprising every no one. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, come join. Um, also, uh, for those of you on Twitch or who have Amazon Prime or Twitch, oh, yeah. don't forget that every month you get a free sub that you can give to any creator. So even if you don't have Twitch, just go to Subwitch channel. I mean, we wouldn't mind if it was us, but just spend bezos's money on content creation um and obviously like share subscribe follow uh get the word out about us so we can see more people and get more stuff to chat about absolutely and if you're listening and you're within the bristol area um give us a shout um we will be going to the uh bristol craft beer festival coming up next month june it's in about four or five weeks roughly yeah early june so we'll I had be, a brief uh, panic because I was like, wait, have I double booked? Yeah. Because I have a, a friend's uh, first hour comedy show in <gasps> Cambridge on the 24th of May. 
And I was mm. like, oh, I didn't even think. I was like, I don't have anything going. Of course I'll do this. And I was like, wait, I didn't think about the one like actual thing coming up. Is that the same day? Uh, no, it's fine. It's the I think it's the second weekend of June, um, and we'll probably have Tom uh, from We Are Beer back on the podcast yeah, in, in a couple of coming weeks, up just closer before, to then, yeah, um, just before uh, the, the the Bristol Craft Festival as well. So look forward to that. Uh, those of you on Twitch, look forward to our next episode, which we will launch into in a moment. For those of you listening to us, we'll see you in a few days. We've been tagged up. Bye bye. Ciao www.outoflives.net